Let us begin with a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we are having not just a new day, but a new day with you. It is our prayer that our today becomes your day. We pray that today your will be done more than any of our wills and our plans. Now speak to us and convict us of your truth and love. In the precious name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Yesterday, we saw Paul's first call uh, was to pray for everyone, especially those in power and authority, whose influence affects everyone. Now Paul tells us why this prayer for everyone is so important, all beautiful and pleasing to God. So let's read 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to, come to knowledge of the truth. For there is a one God and one mediator between God and mankind. And that man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, this has, this has now been witnessed to at the proper time. For this purpose, I was on, appointed a herald and apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. And a true faithful teacher of the Gentiles. According to Paul, the first call of a ministry is prayer. First call of a ministry is prayer. We saw universality of a prayer in prayer for everyone. Paul emphasized the importance, its importance not only with the universality, repeating the words all, but also with the beauty. If you look at the verse 3, this is a good and pleases God our Savior. Such a prayer is literally beautiful and attractive and welcome to God. The word for good here is kalon, uh, the not usual agathon. Agathon in Greek means good versus bad or evil. But kalon has a meaning of attractive, of virtue, inner beauty and quality that is so attractive. From this word kalon, Spanish have a name Carlos. Attractive. Do you know anyone named Carlos? Ask him whether he knows the meaning of his name. Tell him that it is attractive to God. Or his life is supposed to be beautiful to God. The word for pleasing is apodekomai, literally means well received or welcomed. Why is a prayer for everyone? And starting with a everyone in power and authority is universally beautiful and important. Verse 4 gives us the answer because it pleases and God, the Savior, our Savior who wants all men, all people to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. Because God wants the salvation of everyone, the right relationship with everyone. Among many prayers, our prayer for the salvation of the lost is what attracts and pleases God more than any other prayers. Today's passage tells us three important truths about life. That is, God's desire and Christ's death and our duty. Let me repeat that. 
Today's passage tells us, tells us desires of God and death of Christ and our duty. First, God's desire. Verse 4 tells us God wants all people to be saved and come to knowledge of truth. We know God's desire for all people and everyone. That is, everyone to be saved and to know the truth. Being saved and knowing the truth is the same thing. This is another example of a Hebrew parallelism, the Jewish way of emphasizing something with a slightly different meaning, such as, Thy word is a lamb unto my feet, and then second time, light unto my path. The greatest truth is a truth, knowledge of a salvation. It does not matter if you know everything about every subject. If you don't know the truth of salvation, your knowledge fails you. And then false, short of is a true aim. By the way, we know here the truth is not an abstract truth, but the person of Christ. So again, your education and experience fails you if you don't know the Jesus Christ. Today, Paul tells us that we know desire of God. We know what's in God's heart. Pause for a moment and reflect on its implication. You and I know the desire of God. Does the almighty perfect God have a desire? Greek philosophers believe that the absolute transcendence of God, who is utterly uninterested or disinterested in Monday and material world. They called it apatheia or divine apathy. God is totally detached from the world because God does not need anything, especially anything from the lower creatures like humans. Paul and Bible tells us that although God does not need us, He desires us to know Him. Jesus told us that God is our Father, our Abba, our Daddy. What is the supreme desire of a father? Father wants all his children to know his heart and be saved. That's why in Forest, the first Bible study is Luke chapter 15 the parable of a prodigal son. Do you remember God is the most prodigal and wasteful person in that parable when it comes to saving his child? Knowing someone's desire is very important. We all want to know our family and friends' desire for Christmas or birthday so that we can give them a meaningful gift. In today's world, a beautiful and welcoming present. What God desires the most is the salvation of our BIP. And that's what we know. Second, the death of Christ. Verse 5, there is a one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Here Paul tells us God literally loved us to death. God loved us to death. God demonstrated His love for our salvation in the sacrificial death of His only Son, Jesus Christ. God's desire for us, once again, is not abstract, but not abstract or mysterious, but concrete and materialized. Here, Paul the Jew does something radical. He added and clarified 
the famous Jewish creed of a Shema with a Christ. There is one God, he said. That's uh, he was talking about Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. As there is only one God, there is a one mediator between God and human beings. That is Christ Jesus. Here, Paul means that Yahweh came and became, came into human flesh and became our Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. This one sentence has the greatest revelation in theology. This is the crux of the meaning of a Trinity. This is what early Christians you know, meant. The Son of God became a son of man, so the sons and daughters of a man might become sons and daughters of God. Finally, duty of every Christian in the church. Verse 7, Paul said, For this purpose I was appointed a herald and apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. A true. I'm supposed to be true, faithful teacher of a Gentiles. After finding God in Christ, Paul received a new life calling, that is to be herald and apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here, Paul said he even became a rabbi for Gentile. That's what he meant by the true faithful teacher of the Gentile. When Paul said this, he realized, and he, he realized how in, uh, incredible this statement was. So that, that's why he added that I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. I'm happy to be rabbi for Gentiles. Paul the Pharisee, the Hebrew of Hebrew, had a life dream to be a great rabbi for Jews. But after knowing death of Christ and desire of God, Paul became a rabbi for Gentiles. His life dream was radically changed by the desire of God and death of Christ. How about us? Let me quote the words of John Stott, John Stott for this passage here. It is because there is one God and one mediator that all people must be included in church's prayers and proclamation. It is the unity of God and uniqueness of Christ which demands the universality of the gospel. God's desire, Christ's death, concern all people. Therefore, church's duty concerns all people too, reaching out to them both in earnest prayer and urgent witness. Let me close today's daily breath with a humorous story of a pastor describing an evangelism of one of his church members. And this particular church member was known for his staunch Calvinism. And he wanted a neighbor to be saved. So he prayed for his neighbor for a long time. And the response was very slow and not encouraging. So much so that one day, it dawned on him that perhaps his neighbor is not an elect and his name was not written in the book of life. That really scared him. And then, guess what he did? He began to pray a little differently. He said he prayed. He began to pray, Oh God, please change your book and write the names again 
Please add my friend's name on it. On the day that his neighbor finally received Christ, he was sharing his testimony about God's answer to his prayer. And the pastor said, his theology might be debatable, but his heart and prayer was delightful to God. Let us pray delightful prayer to God. Gracious Heavenly Father, we can fathom how much you love us and desire us as we praise you for saving us through the sacrifice of your only Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that your desire becomes our desire. Help us, the Forest Church, to pray faithfully and fervently for our VIPs, for they are your lost children and our lost brothers and sisters. Help each house church to reach out to their VIP with your concern and passion. And Lord, answer our prayer for VIPs more than any prayers in our church. And grant us the joy of sharing your love and gospel with our friends and neighbors. In the name of Jesus Christ, the only mediator between God and us, and who loved us to death. We all pray. Amen.